0: we've got a special episode of the podcast today, Rick. We get to uh, sit here and not an, only enjoy a conversation ourselves, but we've got uh, Otis with us this morning.
1: That's right. He kicked off the Love is the Agenda series this past weekend, and we're going to talk a little bit about his message. So I get to do a whole lot of listening and question asking. Yeah, it's, I, it's
0: the fun role. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to
1: this role. Otis, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, Thank you guys for having me again. It's always great to be here. Yeah, how are you doing? We've uh, we've wrapped up Ridge Fest last month, and we're now in our missions festival. Are you awake? Are you are you ready to roll today? I'm moving.
2: Yeah, I'm up and moving. That's <laughs> okay. all I can tell you. All right, well we're glad for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think a lot of people were uh, were intrigued to learn a little bit about your professional background as a plant scientist. What a fun way to begin your message and uh, a nice exercise of observation. But uh, but I heard an audible noise around me when you when you had mentioned that that uh, that you had a a career before ministry. Um, maybe can you just uh, tell us a little bit more about that and the kind of work you did as a scientist?
2: Yeah, I started um, doing plant research right out of college. I guess I started in college. Um, part of the things I worked on were things like golden rice and drought resistance. It was with multiple companies across multiple years of me, just sort of studying plants. Um, and then my boss's fiance. Was at her house when we were having chili cook off, and he walked over to me and he was just kind of like, Hey, I'll just kind of talk to you for a second. I was like, Great. Um, sure. What's up, John? He was like, Okay, so I need somebody to run my molecular genetics lab and human genetics. Like, like um, I don't know if you'd be interested. And he just sort of slid a napkin across the table with a number on it. Hmm. And I was like, Well, plants are done. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> plants are done. I want to work on people. Yeah. Um, and then I got to spend lots of time yeah. in two of the three genetic centers yeah. in the country working in human genetics. It's a lot of fun. Huh.
0: Yeah. And so how, what was your call to ministry out of that?
2: Hmm. That's, a, that's a long story. Um, I, I heard the call to ministry in high school. Uh, my pastor at the time was really, really disappointed that I said no. Um, but I was doing the whole running thing because I don't think I can live up to that or do that. So I went as far away mm. from that as I thought I could. But God is a God who pursues us. And in every turn, there was some Bible study or some prayer or some thing that they wanted me to do in church. And um, I think I was in St. Louis and finally had an experience that just was like, okay, God, I, I'm not running anymore. This is what mm. I need to do. Mm. And um, I haven't looked back since.
0: Well, let's uh, talk about your message a little bit. You've. Picked a wonderful passage to focus mm-hmm. on, since it both is a great missional passage, as well as being something that uh, you could speak to with a little bit of personal interest and in, in the the effectiveness of the seed and the work that you've done on seeds mm-hmm. before. Um, is this a, a favorite passage of yours, or did it immediately come to your mind? as is exactly what you wanted to preach on?
2: Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite parables. As I said on on the weekend, I love this parable. It is it is one. That frames the way that I think about how we engage in the world and what we do, um, how we think about people who are lost and people who are are in relationship with Jesus. It is, it is so clear that this is what Jesus is calling us to do. So we've talked
1: a lot around here recently. The Bible is a grand, unified, true story, and it's important to see the themes that are running. Throughout the beginning, beginning to end, and what was neat about this sermon, from my perspective, is that we get to combine a couple of themes from your life, uh, the the, the pre ministry days when you were doing science, and and then now this this parable from Jesus seems to intersect both of those mm-hmm. for you. But we're but you also connected the dots between Matthew thirteen and Matthew chapter nine. And Matthew chapter nine, Jesus is really just compassionate, heartbroken. He sees people. He sees their needs. He's motivated by that. And out of that, he prays. He tells people to pray that God sends workers. The harvest is plentiful. Send workers. And then just a few chapters later, um, in Matthew 13, he tells this story. Who knows how many stories he told that day? Uh, The way Matthew writes it, it seems like Jesus told quite a few stories. This is one of the few that was written down. And you were, and it's just, I've always heard it talked about in, hey, check your heart, you know, like, Mm -hmm. do you, do you have, do you have a good soil heart? Do you have a thorny soil heart? Do you have a rocky heart? You know, and there, I think there is merit in that, but you connected Jesus's prayer and his emphasis on seeing people, uh, for us to see the parable in
2: that way. I'd love for you just to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think you're right. I think if you back up to chapter nine, Jesus has come through his ministry where he's healing and he's doing all these things. The disciples are with him. I mean he comes to this moment where he's looking at all these people and he's just like, I wow, these people are hurting. Mm-hmm. Right? And and if you go from that verse in chapter 9 and step into 10, he immediately then sends out the disciples and they go off mm-hmm. by themselves and do all of these things. And there's all of this imagery of Jesus being alone still and John being alone still and mm-hmm. the disciples being alone still or people who aren't answering the call. And then Jesus comes to this moment and it was just like, how are these two things not connected, right? John or Matthew Mm -hmm. is clearly walking you through the imagery of all of the different types of soil and what's happening in that moment. And it's clear to me that it's a connection between the two, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is, is teaching us. Matthew is walking us through it and saying, okay, there are people who are in these positions and it's your job to go help them. That's what all I've been doing. Do what I do. So right up before that prayer,
1: what Jesus had been doing was effectively clearing thorns out of people's life. Yeah. People who are gripped by immediate concerns and they're not able to receive the right. the the good news. And because he addressed their their needs, they're in a position where they're better able yeah. to receive that. Yeah, Otis, I have a I have um, something to confess to everyone in podcast land. Okay, um, I was I was not with Autumn Ridge for worship services this weekend. Um, I was I was with a couple of former elders um, in the cities watching a football game. And I want to call it a football game, but it was more of just a beat down of my favorite team by the Vikings, <laughs> right? And I don't want to spend too much time in that. Um, but as I was walking out of the stadium, as I was walking out of the stadium, there were a couple of different groups of people with PA systems preaching to <laughs> all the fans who were exiting the stadium. Mm-hmm. And they were relatively... Um, prickly sermons mm-hmm. uh, they weren't very compassionate in the delivery maybe compassionate with the intent but not it didn't feel compassionate with the impact kind of weird references talking about Janice Joplin ODing on, on drugs like this it just feels like an out of date reference maybe that's not real like I shared this with my small group last night and nobody knew who Janice Joplin was <laughs> oh, so but those guys right let's just uh, let's give them the benefit of the doubt their heart is in the right place mm-hmm. I typically just call them bullhorn guy and I've talked to bullhorn guy uh, before Bullhorn guy lives in every city in America, and I and bullhorn guy almost always has a really, really good intention. Yeah. Bullhorn guy wants people to go to heaven, wants people to know Jesus, wants people to know the truth. But I was, I was, I had the privilege of reading your sermon ahead of time, listening to you talk about it, listening to you preach it on Thursday to the to the staff. And so I was thinking about that when bullhorn guy was outside the stadium, up in the cities, just kind of blasting and. and Bullhorn guy was emphasize, emphasizing the seed, which is God's word, yeah. right? And just I'm throwing it out there. I mean, maybe it was like the shotgun. I'm just <laughs> shooting it into the soil, but no connection to the people. Yeah. Mm. And I wish bullhorn guy could have heard your sermon and just really just sit down and marinate it. But what if we were? What if it the the seed is important, yeah, the nice. word is important, but it has to be connected with softening the soil clearing rocks out clearing the thorns out so that it can take root and grow and it's not okay it's not okay like we're not just it's not okay just to one day stand before jesus and say, well i told them Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i told them i didn't i didn't care about what was going on in their life
2: i didn't serve the needs in their life but i told them so i'm good yeah And it's okay if they just said no, because I told them. Yeah, We handed them the seed. We handed them the book. And what they do with it is their own. But we don't treat people we love that way. We sure don't. Mm. Right. Like if
1: you're trying to talk to your, you're where all of us are parents here. And even if you're not a parent, you've been around kids. Like if you want a kid to understand something, but that kid hasn't had a nap or that kid is hungry. You just, you got to give them a nap or you got to give them a snack or something because they're not even going to be able to process. Yeah. Right. And I have things like that in my life. I have things that are going on that they are so dominant in my life. I can't really hear it. I need that addressed so I could settle down and really receive yeah. What someone's
2: trying to share with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so important for us to think about as we step outside the doors of our church and into our community and with our neighbors. They mm-hmm. all have things that are in the way. Yeah. And our our goal, our job should be to help move that out of the way so that mm-hmm. they can hear. Right. That's why we do what we do in schools with social workers. They get mm-hmm. to see the pain and the mm-hmm. hurt and they they're in the field already. They're already in it. Can yeah, I want I? you
0: to talk some more about that because, like you, Rick, the times that I have focused in on this passage, it's usually been with an, a mindset of self-reflection. Yes, on, you know what's the soil of and there's, my heart. And there's or, there is value yeah. in Or or even just a way of understanding the rest of the world. It yeah. really, truly was a paradigm shift in my mm-hmm. thinking of this parable mm-hmm. to begin to think about what is the implication of helping to amend someone's soil. Yeah. And to remove the obstacles so that they can be the good soil in mm-hmm. order to receive the word. Talk a little bit more about that and, and, and keep going where you were heading with just yeah. how that is a, a, a helpful approach to both our local partners and our mission mm-hmm. partners around the world.
2: Yeah, I think we... we we, or I should say I. I grew up in the in the South in churches and our, our focus was nickels, nose, and nails, right? So how much money comes in the door, how many people say yes, and how many people sit in the seat. And it was this thing where it was share your faith, share your faith, share your faith, share your faith, and mm-hmm. you run into these walls with people and you just don't know how to move past it. Mm-hmm. And and spending time with them and spending time in schools and spending time with missionaries, you find that the the walls are the rocks and the thorns, right? They just, they're so ripped at by the world and the world seems so harsh about everything that they do that mm-hmm. they can't, they just can't get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's such a blessing to have our social workers in the schools, from the schools in our church multiple times a year, and just hear them talk about all of the things that are in the way of these Mm -hmm. families Mm -hmm. reaching their full potential and much less hearing anything from a church. Mm -hmm. Um, Even for them, they get hardened by the things that Mm -hmm. they get to experience every day and just. Our thought was just come and have a meal and relax and be cared for so that those things can be moved out of the way and we can open up their hearts to the things that are going on. We have social workers whose families grew up in this church and they hadn't been back in decades and now they're back at church. It is it is a beautiful example of what Jesus wants mm. us to do, right? And we've got families who receive angel tree gifts that are that are in our church or in a church now. It's just, it is what God calls us to do to step into that. You know, Svea, I think you did a great job of describing it as a paradigm shift.
1: It really is really is a, a great way to describe how we're, we're we're changing how we're thinking. And i don't want to I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want anybody to to feel yeah. badly about about themselves. Um, and I certainly don't want to condemn anybody. But I do want to engage mindsets. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the South in the Bible Belt. I grew up in the South in the Bible Belt. The Midwest here has a very strong church culture. It's a tad different from the from from the Bible belt, uh, but I think I could describe it like this. I grew up, I grew up in a church culture that had a lot of good intent, but the the aim, the ultimate goal, was to share the word, yes, mm-hmm. which I get. But if you really take Jesus seriously and if the way you presented this passage is correct, and I think it is, the goal is a harvest. Mm-hmm. right? It's so sharing the word is not the ultimate goal. It is a necessary precondition for a harvest. And so if your ultimate goal is to share the word, you don't have to care about the soil. That's right. You don't have to care about the condition of people's lives. It's actually it can be irrelevant. Maybe mm-hmm. you do, maybe you don't, but you can share the word. But if the goal is a harvest, you have to care about the soil. Mm-hmm. You have to care about people's receptivity to the gospel. You have to be invested in that. And I, man, I just so appreciate the genius of this sermon, the Jesus likeness of your of your sermon, the emphasis that you, that you held up for us is to be to be fixated on the the harvest, yeah. that's really the goal. And when you do that, you you can't help but be invested in the soil, which means loving people. Yeah. Because we want for them, not from them. And if someone says, well, if you're focused on the harvest, is that from people? No, 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 we, that's for them. I don't mm-hmm. get anything for that, that's for them.
2: We want the joy and the life and the abundance that comes from Jesus to take root and grow in their life. Yeah. I mean, and I think to to also add to that, look, there's nothing wrong with knowing about the seed, right? We, we're we told to study God's word. We're supposed to know yes. it, and it's supposed to come out of us, mm-hmm. right? Where There's nothing wrong with knowing it, but we have to trust that it's going to do what it's supposed to do. Our job is to open people to hear it. Mm-hmm. And and if we forget that point, it doesn't matter what the seed does. It doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how perfect it is. It is just going to lay there and do nothing, right? It is... And and we don't want that. We we are taught that God's word won't return void, right? And, and then it, it doesn't as long as we do our work.
0: Mm-hmm. We're well, and, and you connected it with that first passage, with Jesus' compassion. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the stories of Jesus' compassion in the Gospels, they often are focused on physical needs that people yeah. had. He fed hungry people. He mm-hmm. restored sight to people who couldn't see. You know, it's, and, and none of that is to diminish the importance of sharing the Gospel, but Jesus set that example for us of meeting people where they were yeah. and addressing their needs so that they were in a position to be able to hear the gospel the right. good news
2: yeah I, I don't want us to forget the immediate need of being seen right we we often think about um healing the sick and healing the the the, the physical maladies that are going on but there is an immediate need for people to be seen mm-hmm. as whole and people and jesus showed us how to do that expert <laughs> expertly throughout scripture right in the mm-hmm. The example that we use for the woman at the well was just one of many times that Jesus' step into their life was just to see them. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: have either of you guys been on the receiving end of, of missionaries from other expressions of faith with you know, I, I had a, a pair of Jehovah's Witness ladies mm-hmm. who came to my door once and I thought, well, I'm I'm going to just engage in this process with mm-hmm. them and, and have a discussion and and I had to leave before the time was done. So they asked if they could come back a second time and, and we had a great conversation and then they asked if they could come back a third time and and I thought that we were just engaged in a in a healthy discussion and even kind of a friendship building and in my mind I thought well, this would be a lovely thing to to develop a friendship with them that would allow us to have actually good transparent authentic conversations and at one point when they kind of pushed the deal and said well you know are you going to convert or aren't you and I said no I'm I'm never going to leave my beliefs about Jesus they got up in a huff and they left, and I never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hurtful to mm-hmm. me because I, I had begun to care about these women as people yeah. and was hoping that maybe there was some friendship that could develop out of this. And when I realized I wasn't going to answer their their um, missionary goal objective in the way they wanted to, the relationship was gone. Mm-hmm. And and that changed the way that I look at how I share faith with people. I never wanna look at it just as a, how do I get them to say the words that I want them to say? Yeah. But how am I establishing a relationship with this person that lets them know that I care about them, and that's the reason why I mm-hmm. want them to know the love of Jesus, because I care about them and I want them to have that too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember early on in in mission life for me going to places in the world and we we would go stand at the edge of the market and then we would just preach as aggressively as we could at this group of people who were just standing there looking at these people who clearly weren't from their country, basically shouting Bible verses at them. And and I just we would go home every night and I would just be like, "What did we just do?" <laughs> like we guilted people into hearing what was going on or we created a spectacle for them to do that but did it really change anything for them right people who come from another place that have lots of money come and tell you what you should do and then they hear it through that lens but they don't hear it through Jesus's love and like we didn't do anything in those moments and um those those moments I think stick out for me in, in the way that we think about how we engage in our community and how we engage in our world because if if I don't have a relationship with you if I don't mm-hmm. if I don't believe that I see you as a whole person if I'm not willing to give you the coat off my back then then do I have the right to tell you anything about what Jesus has been teaching because mm-hmm. I'm not living out what it is he actually mm-hmm. taught me I'm just I've got a goal in mind so Can I stand on the opposite side of the fence
1: and maybe try to be a voice for people who are feeling like, I don't know if I totally agree with this. Yeah, sure. All right. So let me try that. Um, What would you what would you say if I said, but the most important thing that we could give someone is eternal life? Mm -hmm. right and we know that we're not giving that that comes from jesus but we want to share that with him i mean jesus said the thief comes to kill and to steal and to destroy jesus said that he came to give life to the fullest or or abundant life depending on which translation Mm -hmm. you use and so that that's what i that's what i want for people maybe i don't have time to do all of that but i can share that and so it feels like you're telling
2: me that that's not good enough No, I'm not telling you that all, and I think those intentions are great. They are fantastic intentions. It's what we are supposed to do. Share your faith. Mm -hmm. But what you have to think about in that moment is how are you helping them take their next step? Right? Yeah. Giving them words and sharing that with them and even telling them why you believe is fantastic. But if they can't hear it because they're hungry or they're sick or they're in pain or they're in need, like, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not asking anybody to stop doing that. I do it. There's a goal on my door to talk about Jesus with five people every day. It's on my wall in my Mm -hmm. office and I check it off every day if I do it and I feel bad when I don't. Mm -hmm. But my goal is also to help yeah. them get prepared to be able to receive what it is God wants us to receive.
1: I think that's a great answer. i I think an honest look at Jesus, yeah and and the way that Matthew helps us see him, which is the goal just to to see Jesus and know him, is that it's a false dichotomy. We don't have to pick between mm-hmm. sharing the truth and being loving and engaging in needs. we we can we can do mm-hmm. um, we can do
2: both, yeah,
0: well, mm-hmm. and also remembering that, people aren't formulaic there's not one correct way to do this yeah. and there may be a time for mm-hmm. someone who's just you know the spirit mm-hmm. has them ripe where all they need to hear is just someone who gave a clear gospel message that day yes and that was effective for them yes but there may be someone else who needs years and years of gentle care
1: well if we're going back to the parable some people are receptive that's right mm-hmm. that's the that's the good soil good. it doesn't mean better people good soil mm-hmm. is the soil that's that's ready it's to on the receive. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. yeah. and when people are ready to receive, we've got to share. Mm-hmm. We yeah. absolutely have to share. Yeah. But if it's covered in thorns, or if it's if it's you know if there's rocks all throughout the soil, well, we got to dig up the rocks and we got to tear out the thorns first. And that's not us taking responsibility for people's lives or doing for them things that they should be doing for themselves. It's not that. It's not controlling people. It's serving them. Yeah. It's joining them in life and serving them in
2: the same way that other people yeah. do that for us. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing that, that Matthew chapter nine says, that's what Jesus did, right? Mm-hmm. He just sort of stepped into that with all of those people. And then if you read chapter 10, that's what he tells the disciples that they're going to go and do, and it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but go do it. Cause this is what we're called to do. Go do it. Go, yeah. go be with people.
1: So there are things that are super obvious, right? Um, if someone is homeless, right? And they they just got some urgent, immediate needs. That's obvious. Those are those are thorns that would be choking out their receptivity to the word. I can understand that. Or Jesus talked about the 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 stones in the ground. You know, it starts to take root. You know, the plant shoots up, but persecution, right, mm-hmm. um, chokes uh, doesn't choke out, but it but it stunts their their ability to grow. I can understand that, and and maybe um, it can that can frame not maybe, but that definitely frames how I can help uh, believers grow yeah. in maturity who are in a context where they're going to experience persecution. But help us think through some of the more subtle stuff, right? What if I'm just like just in a middle class neighborhood, middle class mm-hmm. lifestyle? It seems like everybody's needs are met. Are there still thorns to be aware of? Are there still concerns that might be making it difficult for my neighbors or my friends or my coworkers to to be able to receive the gospel.
2: Yeah, I think I think we see that we we see that all the time. Right, people put on the mask and they act like everything's okay, but depression and isolation and um, all of those things still are in our neighbor's lives. And they, when we walk out the garage door, we're smiling, but when we go back in the house, we feel alone. And I think we talk about those things where we do mm-hmm. small groups, so that people are together and they have community. Mm-hmm. That's important, right? And so when you're when you're in your neighborhood, my wife is the expert at this. When you're in your neighborhood and you see people go in their garage and they don't ever come out for anything else, and you never see them, the next thing in her mind is to show up at their door and just say, "Hey, how are you doing today?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great. Send Maddie over there; she's an <laughs> expert at that. But there there are all these subtle things in people's lives that. That are driving them further away. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one I think is is relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't they don't see that as what's important anymore. We are such an individualistic driven culture that like I can go to work, achieve my goals, do my things, get the pay, live in my house, can close the garage door, and I'm fine. But that is not at all how we were designed to be. Mm-hmm. And so community becomes one of those things where like if you really want to figure out if people are hard soul and packed down, you got to go, you got to go have community with them. And for introverts like me, that's a, not an easy task all the time <laughs> sure, to do. Sure. Yeah, but but yeah, yeah.
1: One of the things my small group uh, talked about last night is just kind of starting with a prayer of Jesus, help me have this disposition mm-hmm. of I I want to be aware, I want to see people the way you see them, and just help me help me to see, and then. And then would you give me the strength and the guts and the wisdom uh, to respond lovingly when I do see do see something?
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah.
0: That's a great prayer. I love that. You know, Jesus help me want to want to do this. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah. It's such a good first step.
1: You know, as Otis was talking about his wife Anna, I'm like. I'm just like blown away. Like she's out looking for signs of isolation. I am blissfully unaware of that all the time,
2: but, but she's in tune to that. She's looking for that. Oh my goodness. I'm inspired by that. Yeah. So it's, so. Oh, she's like, Oh, just, you know, our neighbors across the street there, they're like, they're, they're not going to church and they don't do this. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, but you should go talk to them. Like we should go talk to them. And I'm like, Okay. (laughs) I love love how aware she is. What a gift. It is. That's probably that's probably a spiritual gift. It is uh, is a beautiful thing to watch her think through how to engage with people in our community and and Maddie surely has that because there isn't ever a stranger in her life and she's always caring, (laughs) right? And it's it's always a constant reminder to me that I should be more like that. Mm. I just Okay God.
1: But let me say this. I, 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 I don't hear you guilting yourself, but if there's anybody out there who's guilting them, themselves, let's just remember this. We are a body, right? Mm -hmm. Not one of us is gonna have all of the awareness or the gifts or or anything like that. And so it's the importance of us being together. Mm -hmm. Like I don't think it's such a big deal. I'm gonna go through this cautiously. I don't think it's such a big deal that I'm not as aware of, say, like Anna is, or you're not as aware as Anna is. But you're on the same team. Yeah. And she helps you be more aware. And she brings gifts that you don't have and you bring gifts that that she doesn't have and this is one of the. This the genius behind the church mm-hmm. is that we 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 are. We are Jesus's plan A to, to care to advance his kingdom um and to carry the gospel through the world. It's important that we're together. Svea, so you have gifts that that I don't have, and I feel encouraged and inspired by that. And um, you know, when we get together in our congregation and we do things like Ridge Fest or ARC one eight or uh, participate in next chapter, or we have things like grief share or celebrate recovery, all the different mixtures of gifts coalesce and and intersect that allow us to be a full and vibrant, healthy church. None of us can do it completely individually, mm-hmm. yeah. but we can collectively as a church. And that I I just feel comforted by that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it I think you're right. That's a beautiful thing. And then our partners that we get to partner with out in the community, they are in it mm-hmm. every day. And that gives us the availability to just sort of Okay, you have the awareness and you have the connection to the people who are in these ways of life Mm -hmm. that Jesus talks about. How can we step into that with you, with all of the variations of gifts that we have and just help break up the soil for these people and just be with them. Yeah. You'll say
0: more about that because I know a lot of people were feeling inspired after the message to want to get out into the community yeah. and to use their gifts into helping the to amend soil around us. Um, how can people engage more with our local partners?
2: Yeah, um, they can go to autumnrich.church and, and fill out our interest form and we'll have conversation with them about where their heart is. Um our partners like The Landing are always looking for people to come and serve and, and provide for the needs of the people there. Next chapter is looking for people to teach Bible studies. There's a vast variety of ways for us to step into it. But I think with all things, it starts with a conversation about where you are and what it is that you're looking for. That's what, that's what we want to be, help people take their next step. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, just that's, mm-hmm. that's our goal
1: yeah we have opportunities out in the
2: community yeah
1: we have opportunities to serve people with needs inside of our church family I mean there is anywhere you look there that's right there are ways to find all tom- over the world yeah. yeah tomorrow I have an appointment with Dan Fifield. he's given me a tour of the landing and I shared that with my small group last night Heather and I uh, lead a small group of 20 uh, somethings and they gave me the homework assignment of coming back with information of how we might possibly engage on a regular basis like a monthly mm-hmm. basis so nice.
2: yeah i'm 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 stoked about that yeah anna's got a tour schedule dan was busy so and yeah dan was like well Otis, why haven't you told anna about the landing and i was mm-hmm. like well i kind of did but he's like i'm like it's not a secret She can, <laughs> she's on her way so but you know what there are
1: there there, there are so many let me just kind of help stretch people's imagination. Um, I would imagine that there, there's some things that are like obvious and glaring like that, but then we have like, we have older folks in our, in our congregation who are not able to, to come and join us physically. Maybe they're more isolated. They're in a nursing home. We have, you could, you could, your small group could go that route. It doesn't, it's not big. It's Mm -hmm. meaningful, Mm -hmm. right? It's about impact. It's about impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember uh, when I was in college two of my two of my friends um we on a on a regular basis we went across the street to the nursing home that was just right across the street from our from our college campus and uh, we just thought it'd be meaningful to go over there and and level them because they didn't get a lot of um a lot of visitors, and then we met one lady. Uh, her name this was this was a long time ago. Callie Gertrude Cooley Shiver, and uh, <laughs> she is. And we just focused on her, and we just went. And she like we decided we're she's our best friend now. And mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. we spent the next the year visiting her, and it was for us it was significant. We hope that it was um, significant for her, and. That's impactful, so, somebody could do, a group could do something like that, an individual, a, a group of friends uh, could do something like that. All I'm trying to say is there's a lot of different directions we can go. Yeah. Uh, but we're never gonna be wrong when we're following Jesus and seeing other people and loving them and responding to real practical needs that they have. Yeah. Amen to that.
2: Mm.
0: Well, Otis, thank you so much for a great message. Thank you for coming in today to to talk a little bit more about it. Anything else on your on your heart that you would like to communicate about the rest of Love Is the Agenda for the rest of this week?
2: Yeah, I think this week is going to be as exciting as last week. We'll spend a lot of time focusing on what our global work is going to be this week. We have mm-hmm. some um, incredible missionaries that are coming in that we support that are gonna gonna share ways to talk to people cross-culturally and ways to do the things that we talked about today. So we hope you guys come out and join us and find out all the information on the ways that you can step out into the world and make love your agenda.
0: And they can find that information at autumnridge.church. They sure can. All right. Well, we'll look forward to all of that. Thanks again for coming in. We always enjoy having you on the podcast. Thanks for
2: having me.